You guys, you guys, hello, my bunnies. It's me, Artemarine. And guess what? We are doing an episode of Feeling Thorny every Friday leading up to the publication of my book, which is just six and a half weeks away. It comes out Tuesday, September 29th. And we got such a great response. I know you guys really enjoyed learning about Rob Benedict and I have to be honest with you, I'm so grateful that we recorded these before the whole pandemic happened. We recorded this one in December. Um, Lauren Lopkus and I had just gone to New York together and I was asking her, I was like, I want to do something just sort of leading up to the publication of my book because I've had such a good time. As I mentioned last time, the publisher requested an a chapter about how I got from a small farm town with 3,000 people in Rhode Island to getting to be on a on a TV show by my early 20s. And um, I remember when I was writing it, it felt incredibly painful to write. I felt like, who do you think you are? You're not Meryl Streep, like blah, blah, blah. So what? But I realized if I was a young version of me, if I was like eight-year-old Arden, I would – I would want to know how somebody did that. And then I realized like, oh, so many of my friends also grew up in small towns or did not grow up in Los Angeles or New York. They did not grow up with connections. And it made me really curious about how people got started, what their families were like, and what made them tick. And so we recorded this in December. Anna, you were there. Lauren Lopkis, who is the star of The Wrong Missy, which if you guys have not seen that, it is so f- – how good is Lauren in The Wrong Missy? She's great. I, that movie really made me laugh. I mean, honestly, so it's a Netflix movie. It's, it came out during the pandemic. She plays The Wrong Missy, and she – it is such a star turn. I would say there's at least a dozen hard belly laughs. Like, it's it, – it, she's such a star. And, you know, there's so many other things that we talk about that you know her from, but that's the most recent thing. Um and she's just a really nice person, and I just found her – she's such a hard worker, and she's such a good friend, and I'm so excited for you guys to just get to know a lot of the people from our podcast, a lot of my friends a little bit better, and just to sort of – these are a little more intimate, a little more personal, and I hope you guys enjoy our second installment of Feeling Thorny with the lovely Lauren Lopkiss. Welcome to Will You Accept This Rose, a production of iHeartRadio. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's time for Arden to get a little close and a little thorny. Oh, well, Arden's gonna go one-on-one. Gonna be high-energy fun. Convos are gonna be super real. She wants to get with you and all the feels. Feeling thorny, yeah, feeling thorny. Whoa, feeling thorny, feeling thorny with Anne Marie. This is our first sidecar. It's our sidecar. Ooh, yes. Will you accept this rose? Guess what, guys? We have a new offshoot of the podcast for everybody. Free for everybody. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Will you 
accept this rose into you. Oh my gosh, hello! Welcome to Will You Accept This Rose? My name is Arta Marine, and I am so excited to introduce a special sidecar offshoot of our podcast that I actually came up with with our first guest. Um, one of the things I came up with this podcast. I think three or four years ago, thinking it would just be a fun thing to do to talk about The Bachelor with other funny people, break it down, you know, just, just, I thought it would just mostly be about the television show. And one of the things I found is that I am naturally a slightly socially anxious person and it has expanded my life so much. I've gotten so many new friends because of this podcast and I feel like I've been through so much in my life that as you guys have gotten to know me and you've emailed in and I've gotten to know you. I feel like it's truly the most important social connection that I have in my life today. And with that, as my life has expanded, I actually sold a book that you can pre-order now on Amazon. Apparently, it's all about the pre-orders. If you want to get on the New York Times bestseller list, and I'm not going to act like I don't, it's called Little Miss Little Compton, and it's about – it's funny stories about me growing up and in Hollywood and stuff like that. But um, this is a podcast where I'm going to interview people in sort of a more one-on-one intimate way and um, leading up to the launch of my book this fall. So I could not be more excited. We came up with this. This sidecar is called Feeling Thorny. My my tongue said thorny when I did it, and that's going to be every time. So you heard a laugh. My first guest with me, you might know her from Orange is the New Black. You might know her from Crashing. You might know her from the Between Two Ferns movie or one of her many podcasts. You might know her from her new Netflix movie, The Wrong Missy. Ladies and gentlemen, Lauren Lovegood. Yay. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so honored. And thank you for being my first guest. I'm I'm so excited. It's going to be so great. We came up with this in New York City. We were on a trip. We were on a little um, trip just for fun, which is so rare. I don't think I had actually taken a real vacation. Well, that's not true. The first real vacation I took was this summer. To Rhode Island? To Rhode Island with you and your husband and Debbie Ryan and Brian Safi Mm -hmm. and... That was a real joy. And then we're like, oh, my God, let's get really crazy and let's go to New York for a week. It was so great. It was like the one of the best trips ever. And I think it might be the best friend trip I've ever had. Me too. Me too. It was so Me fun. Too. Me too. It was so fun. And I was like – It was easy. It was so easy and we were on the same – we had the same desires throughout the day of yeah. like, now I'm hungry. Let's go lay down. Let's cancel that. Let's do this. Yes. Like, it was very easy and it never felt like – you were letting the the other person down by wanting no. to change it. You know, some people can be like, Rigid. Oh, I thought we were going to do that. No. And it's like, I don't care. I, I could don't. not be happier. <laughs> my One of my favorite things in the world is to make a plan and then have somebody cancel like an hour before. I love that. And, and people keep apologizing, but they don't realize that the person inside of me that is a little socially anxious, that I am so ha- proud of myself that I made the plan and I could mm-hmm. not be happier that I don't have to do it. I did it recently when I was going to go to dinner with a friend that I really like and it's like always a fun time. But I was like, I just don't feel like going out tonight and yeah. it was like four hours before dinner and i was like you know what yes i don't 
have to. Yes. We can see each other again. I'm just going to cancel. And then I did feel a little bad because I have I don't know what her stance is yeah. on that kind of thing. Yes. But I felt so relieved for myself. I was like, oh, oh wow. Why do I ever make any plans? This is I should just never make plans. No, I have been in a real Boo Radley mode, right? I have been real indoor cat yeah. mode lately. But um, I do know I need I force myself. Well, I actually talk about that a lot in my book. I do talk a lot about. So um, just a little preview. I, I, I feel my parents married on a dare. They weren't dating, and they moved from Man- who dared them. They dared each other. Wow! I know it's they were coworkers, and they got two weeks of vacation a year. And then if you went on a honeymoon, you got like an extra two weeks. So they were like trying to come up with a way to beat wow. the man. And then so my dad was like, I think they were like having cocktails or in New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like New Year's Eve, and my dad was like, if we get married we'll go down to south america for a month like i'll pay for the vacation we can come back and we can get it annulled and then my mom called the next day and she upped the ante and she was like i'll do it but i'm not getting it annulled and so she borrowed her wow. best it's nice so that's how the book starts and she borrowed her best friend arden's wedding dress they never oh, told my grandparents cool. and then they actually got married so then they moved this tiny town called Little Compton, Rhode Island. It has like 3,000 people. You've been there. I have. I feel very special because I guess not that many people have. No, no. It it's the tiniest town ever. Yeah. And uh, But I, I feel like it was a really fun house, but it was there was a side of me that because it was sort of a lawless way that they got married there was we you know my brother and i are both insomniacs it was sort of this lawless house Mm. and so we're trying to figure out how normal people exist i i put i make plans just because i think i'm like other people do but it's not my natural instinct yeah you know i think you're right i think i relate to that too that like i feel like i'm supposed to because i was like oh when you're like an adult you go to drinks with people and you have dinner with people yes and I think I don't care about that. I like and I this. think I but, yeah. I, but I feel like I'm having this realization right now where yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh, I I'm think I don't care. Like, yeah. I think I, every time I'm getting close to a dinner plan, except for, I will say we have a, a dinner plan that is like every month with we, you, me and Brian yeah. and Safi and we have yeah. the best time. But like, yeah. I, that's when I never it's, That's our dread. Illuminati. That's our Illuminati. But even when I only make plans with people I like. So it's not even like I don't like anyone. Yes. It's that I just don't want to. I would rather literally just both sit on the couch and do nothing or like go shopping or do something. Yes. Can I tell you how much like I have to say this podcast has made me feel better in general because I feel like I can chat with people and relate and have people to my house and stuff like that. But it also makes me feel better to hear because I think of you as a very well-adjusted person and you you. appear you appear like you would want but it makes me feel better. Oh yeah. you also So you force yourself. Oh yeah. Well I think I fill my calendar because that's how I end up doing things. Like if I'm like oh well i I make a dinner plan, but I'll make it like three weeks away. And then I'll go, mm, don't think about that later. Yeah. And then three weeks always comes. And yes. all the things that you've said you were going to do in three oh weeks God, are the there. The and then I'm like, oh, this week is really full because I yes. just like jam packed it full of everything yes. I have to do. Yes. So I'm also trying to be better about not doing that and just saying, even if I like, let's say someone asked me to do a podcast or something, but it's like, I'm doing something later that day. Yeah. I'll say that day doesn't work. I'll pick a different day. Cause I'm like, then I'm going to be going from thing to thing to thing yeah. the whole day. And then I have to go to dinner with somebody that I made a plan with. And you know, 
Also, I want it to be known that if anyone ever wants to cancel on me, you me are too. more than welcome. Oh my god, I'm jealous that it's you. Totally I'm jealous of the friend that you canceled on earlier. I know, but we're getting dinner in like a week. Oh, that's the I worst. Know, because now, we you, now you're it's not coming done. Up now again. It's not done. Yeah. Now how I know because then I was like, it would, be, it would be done, but then I'm like, I like her, and this is fine. Right. So it's not really about checking it off the list. Yeah. It's about wanting to enjoy myself. So I should do it on a day where I feel like it. Um, let me ask: Were you grow? Okay, how did your parents meet? They met, um, they were neighbors in an apartment building in Chicago. Okay. And there's a story with it that basically my mom pretended to get locked out of her apartment and that she had to climb through his balcony or something yeah. to get to hers, but it was a, it was a, not real. Like she was pretending Is that true? to get his attention. Yeah. And he just like didn't care. Like he like let her in and like let her go do it. And like it yeah. just didn't register as like anything. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't really know what happened after that and like how they started dating, but that was the first thing. My mom like noticed him and was like, Oh, I like him. But And yeah. you have a brother. Yeah. Is he older? Yeah, he's three years older. So is mine. Oh, cool. And um were you were you popular in school? Like, how was middle school for you? You've seen my middle school photo. Yeah. <laughs> I, wanna, I should show you some of mine. Yeah. I don't know if I have any readily available, but I was not popular, but I wasn't like a total sad sack. Yeah. I feel like I fell into a comfortable range where like I could talk to popular kids and sometimes I was friends with them, but right. like not to the point where I would go hang out with them. Yeah. Like after school. But in the moment, I could like talk to them at lunch and sometimes sit with them. But I had my group of friends as well, and so we kind of were a middle group. Yeah, like, I was, you know? I was, yeah, I, yeah. Were you a class? Like, were you sort of the entertainer? Like, yeah, people, yeah. I hate the phrase class clown. I was like a class clown, but I hate that too. I hate it. Really, it was like I just talked, yeah. and so I felt yeah. free to, and confident to just talk whenever I wanted in yeah. class. And I, a lot of times, that would be just something funny that I wanted to say. Um, but it wasn't usually to distract. It was mostly that I just thought of something funny about what we were talking about or something. Like I just had like a sarcastic comment yeah. or something for everything. And a lot of my teachers, um, like didn't, I never got in trouble for it. They right. always like seemed to like it or at least be like, it doesn't matter. Uh, first kiss. Ooh, I was, um, a junior in high school. Oh, later. Yeah. Later. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it got really built up in my head for that reason. Cause it was like everyone, it was me and another friend had not done it. So we kind of were like, yeah, looking to each other like, help. Oh, my God. Everybody in my class was boning. Oh, my God. I think they all were. Everybody I was mean, boning. I, I just it was like, just I wanted to, but I didn't understand how you got there. And like, I, it just was such a far off idea. To That's me. how I felt, honestly, uh, through most of my life. Like, yeah. I think now with Tinder and stuff, like it's so much easier. I, I know people think that females like, oh, you get I really could not envision a scenario where I would be like with my clothes off at the end of the night with somebody. Like now you mean? Or no, like back then? <laughs> even in like my 20s. Like, Oh yeah, it seems I, hard to be like, how do you get there? I couldn't figure out how what would happen during the day yeah. that would lead me to meeting somebody. Meeting a I, person and just hooking up with them. I don't, I, I that is not something I understand. I couldn't figure out how you would go on dates. Like I couldn't figure out how to get a boyfriend. I think I lack the necessary um, trust in everyone to be willing to just have a one night stand with a stranger oh you've never met. Like, oh God! The yeah. idea of just That's being good. like, but then like these people must be like thinking everyone is ultimately fine or that nothing bad will happen to them. Like I don't know how what's, how you're getting yourself in that situation without I, my my first impression has to be like incredible of somebody if I'm like going to talk to them for longer than five minutes of someone I'm just meeting. I truly. 
mean, I mean, I know lots of people hook up all the time. Yeah. And like, and no, I, it's, I, but we probably sound like aliens. And I envy that. <laughs> I had such anxiety and fear of diseases. Just fear. Me too. I feared diseases more than I was like, I, I was the makeout bandit for a while, like mm-hmm. in my 20s. But it was just, I was fully convinced there was, there was no way that I was not going to get some terrible disease. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I wouldn't even kiss people if I didn't really like them. And then if I really liked them and I kissed them, I'd probably get over them right away. Like it was like me a too, kind me of too, a, me too, me too. And then people would get so mad at me. Yeah, yeah, it was and, bad. Like, and I have to say, if, if I wasn't me, I would, and I was on the receiving end, I would also think you're a garbage person. Yeah, it's annoying. Okay, so who was the first kiss junior high? Um, this guy that I went to school with, um, and he was, we were in the theater department together. And he was a senior and I was a junior and I still know him. So it's like weird because I'm not going to name him. Yeah. But I did name him on another podcast, I think. And then um, everyone in my high school was like texting me about it because it, yeah. Right. <laughs> Apparently it's somebody, like a, somebody so spotted mine. Mine was eighth grade. Oh, that's good. That's like, that's a good one. No, did I'm you lying. feel late? Ninth grade. Ninth grade. I was late. Oh, okay. Ninth, ninth grade is, yeah. Ninth grade. But I was young for my class. I was probably... Th- I was old. I was 17. God bless you. Yeah. That's how old I was when I lost my virginity and I was late. Wow. But I was also too young for my class. So it was like right before high school yeah. graduation. I figured in my brain, the, disease, the side of me that was afraid of diseases, that was like, I can do it with one of these high school guys because I know where they've been. Mm-hmm. Once I get out of here, the pool's too... I just got to get it done with one of these dum-dums. Yeah. And I did. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have you ever heard from that person again or seen them again? I liked him so much more than he liked me. Mm-hmm. And um, and he – it was terrible. He slept with another girl the next day. Like my Yo, friend. Wow. Yeah. And then at a reunion, he like tried to hit on me. And I, I remember being so excited to kind of be like – you know, we were supposed to go oh, on another yeah. date. He, I dated him for a while. And then we went on, like, he was supposed to, like, go on a date with me. And he didn't call me in time. I was like, I'm not available anymore. And I was like, yeah. yes! You know, yeah. just that sort of wonderful final revenge. Yes. Oh, Bone Zone. Time for the Bone Zone. I so what I one of the things I talk about in the book I keep edging closer. Um, <laughs> I feel like some of the stuff growing up in my house felt. I mean, I guess I would imagine most people feel like this. I mean, I think honestly, like living life and adulthood is sort of like there's part of it is people tell you things, and then part of it is a choose your own adventure mm-hmm. of like you have to figure it out on your own. But there are so many things that I feel like I know now that I wish I knew at like 21 yes. or 22 creatively or like oh, what yeah. if you could go back in time and tell young Lauren Lopkus a few things, what would you tell her? Well, yeah, I do think you have such a good point that so much of it is like you have to figure it out yourself yeah. just with life and with career stuff. I think like especially in the entertainment industry, like nobody is explaining things to you. Yeah. And there are so many mistakes you kind of have to make I guess even if someone told you you probably still make the same mistake so like what? I don't know. like I mean I think with like auditioning or things like that like where it's you have to like when I think back to myself when I was first auditioning I think I put so much pressure on myself yeah and would freak out over like things that 
ultimately like never got made you know what i mean like it's like right. i the, the stakes were so low for the audition especially the things i was getting auditions for when i was like especially in chicago or new york right or right when i was young and just starting but i would tell myself not to worry about it so much and then it's not going to matter and that it'll all be fine and this is all experience and like every time you go you'll learn you learn something about yourself and like how to handle it but i, I don't think i could have understood it because i had to go through all these awkward yeah. moments and just suck a bunch and then like realize that that's what it was like it, it takes a while to realize how many days of people they're auditioning because yeah. you think it's just like you versus the ladies the five people and there. you're like no they've been seeing people like all of march yes. you know like you're one of 50 that yes. they've looked at and the competition's really against yourself how do you prepare yeah. for an audition um i will print out the sides which is like the audition scene material and for people out there who don't know but like, yeah. i'm not explaining it to you yeah <laughs> what is that wait what is that i don't know what that is what is that what, i don't know Where what that am is I? I don't know what that is Help me. how did i get into this building i don't know what is happening but i'll print it out and then like depending on how much time i have because a lot of times auditions they'll be like it's tomorrow i cancel everything you have to be there at noon yes. like i I've been trying to fight back against that because I realized that there's always more days. And like you said, they're always auditioning people forever. And like, yeah. they can see me next week. Yeah. It's fine. I know. And I'd be better if I got to read this more than once. Yeah. So I'll print it out and then I'll kind of leave it around my house and then like, you know, glance at it a little bit every day. And then the day of the thing, I'll like focus for like an hour and a half on it. And oh. then I'll drive there and then sit in my car for like 10 minutes reading it over and over. Just just reading it without looking. I mean, well, looking at the page, not trying to pretend I know it. Yeah. So I have it because I think part of my thing is I think I'm a visual learner where I can see the words in my head. Yeah. If I'm if I have to think of my next line, I can kind of see it. So if I read it a lot before I go in, it's kind of in my head more. I love that. But yeah, it's a very um, possibly lazy process. No. Sometimes I hear about people who get like acting coaches for auditions and I'm like, oh, I guess I never thought of that. Like I like, but, just, you're, but it's working for yeah, you. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But I think that there are people where like they do that and it's really great for them. So I don't know. I hire somebody just to help to run it, just to help yeah. me learn it. Also, my eyes have gotten worse. So like it's hard for me and I don't have the kind of eyes that can wear contacts and like see, I can't it's either it's one or the other i can either see the person i'm reading against yeah or i can see the words on the page and so i you try to memorize it then i have to because yeah. i literally can't look and see it i can't I think that's better though do you ever have moments where you forget yeah it's gotten i mean i have to say this new not being able to see it thing has been is a real drag yeah i, I get it I, I usually get in my tub and i will just say it out loud like 10 times like for me it's just i just have to repeat it yeah and then i try to run it with somebody else so. i mean i run it with mike too my husband That's good. so like we'll like sit there and do it but that can be risky when you do it with your partner like i think if you have oh, an yeah. outside person that you're talking to that's yeah. helpful because he and i will kind of get annoyed with each other and we do the same thing to each other that we both don't like like we'll start correcting the line that you're saying like yeah oh no it's actually this and like well i was actually saying something very similar to that i'm just trying to prove that i can kind of get yeah. through this yeah, like it's not a memorizing yeah. contest it's not like they <laughs> i think they figure it. out at some point if i say lamb i can also say sheep yeah. you know like yeah. if they get the, i'm not gonna lose the part right. if i get that word wrong <laughs> totally but i used to feel like if i messed up that part yeah then i like then that was it for me like yes it's it's a fine line of yeah but thinking also about your question with like when i was younger before getting to do anything like that i think one of the things i would have told myself or i wish i could tell myself is that 
you don't need to be in a relationship. But I think yeah. that part of my like desire my entire life to have a boyfriend or yeah. whatever, like made it so that when I was finally getting attention from people that I liked, right. it was really hard to not want to give into that. Like, oh, this is great. I got what I wanted. How old were you and where were you when you started getting attention? Um, I think from, I think probably like 19, like right when I was in college and doing improv and you stuff. Do. Yeah. So I didn't get male attention until yeah. Chicago at 19. Yeah. And yeah. it was like the first time in my life. And I don't know if this is the same. I would imagine it's similar where I felt like starting to do improv Olympic in Chicago and, and being a teenager, mm-hmm. but they were all like so talented and slightly older. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you feel like you found your people. Yes. And then all of a sudden, like, I didn't make sense, like, as a lady. I went to the wrong college. I went to college in Colorado, which is, like... Like, like hippies? Hippie, yeah. Like, and, like, male witches. There was, like, a oh, guy that was God. a male witch, and he had, like, all these ferrets and stuff. And I oh, didn't no. make sense as a lady there. But then all of a sudden, when I, I did a semester in Chicago, mm-hmm. which is where it sort of started for me, and I... It was the first time I got male attention. Yeah. And... and I felt like the lights came on both as a person of like seeing inspiring like what you could do and creatively yeah. and seeing so many talented people like right before they went to Second City and right before they got and SNL. I mean, yeah, the people that you're around that time yeah. are some of the household names now. Like, yeah. It's not like yeah. these people were just some I mean, some of them were like schlubby weird guys, but like Mo- the, a lot of them were extremely talented people. Who was there when you were there? Oh, God. I mean, there were so many great people. I'd have to. Let's see. Um. I mean, they're not all men, oh. men that I had interest in or anything, but I could just name random people that were there. But Vanessa Bayer and I yeah. were on an improv team together. That's awesome. um, Paul Brayton, who went on to SNL. And, um, Everyone says Vanessa's lovely. She is. She's so great. Everyone says she's really nice. Um, well, a lot of them like are writers and stuff now. But yeah. they're, like, I mean, I could name people and go on, but they're like people who are just so funny and so... T- Pat, Pat O'Brien... Well, Michael he, O'Brien is his name now. He so, was on... He created AP Bio and... He changed his name? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, his first name? Why? I don't know. I think his name... He might have been going by his middle name at that time. Right. And maybe there's another maybe person Maybe in the WGA, that somebody yeah. had that name. So you... So you started getting male attention. Yeah. And then you hooked... You... you well, and I had a boyfriend from high school that I was with into college. Yeah. And like that probably ran its course before I was aware. But then I was also like I liked the familiarity of the of having a relationship, like yeah. the constant and like knowing that or something. Yeah. Um, but really like, yeah, there's just I just look back and think like, oh, I was probably like too I don't know what I was worried about, but I I would have given myself the freedom to just be alone for more of that. Because I think I always had a boyfriend throughout that time. It's so interesting. Just again, look, when I look back on stuff and and I try to look back with compassion, but it's yeah. like you're navigating. It's, it's like these are this is the gas that's in your tank. This yeah. is like the roadmap you were given and just sort of trying to navigate that, that particularly that age. I feel like. 18 to like 24 it's whether you go to college or not you know but you're starting to it's not quite the same routine that's it's starting it's getting becoming an adult yeah and i think uh when i think of myself at that age i was such a kid like yeah i'm imagining myself in college like and how i was and i'm like i was a kid i didn't know anything yeah 
I felt really confident within the com- the comedy community and like that gave me so much. But then outside of that, I didn't really know where I fit in. So at school, I feel like I didn't bond with people very much because I was kind of seeing it as two different worlds where like I go to school just to get a degree and I go out here to like be myself and have my life. Yeah, just the idea that I would I went to school like I I saw it as two different worlds where like I was going to school to get a degree and that was the focus of that time. And then when I was not in school, I was performing and that's where I was really myself and where I really made friends who really understood me. Yeah. I didn't really feel like I could find that at school and have that as well, even though I'm sure there were a lot of people who were like me. Um, but it just felt like I I couldn't so blend. Did you do like classes and perform on the weekends? Yeah, like, or I perform like almost every night of the week. Like I was like wow. doing it like, at IO and the playground and like ra- random like second city skybox shows. Chicago like, is so great. Oh, it's the best. But I mean, I think that maybe was doing myself a disservice in the sense that I felt really socially anxious. Yeah. Whenever I was outside of that realm, like I was like putting all my eggs in that basket socially, and then kind of in my college experience i was like nervous to talk to people my own age that's how i i mean truly i i i got into other schools to transfer but i couldn't afford to go so but i was you know doing chicago and then i went and worked at conan it was i kept getting all these oh, yeah. i kept figuring out ways to get credits and kind of living the beginning of my yeah. professional and like real life and then I'm sure there was lots of lovely people at my school like i you know i graduated on time but there was something it was sort of like Oh, now I have to go do this. Like, you yeah. know, like, and it, it, I just wanted to get going. I know. And I wonder if I'm still doing some of that. Like, now that I'm hearing it and even hearing you relate to it, I'm like, oh, do I still sometimes compartmentalize in that way or like, um, not, not allow for connection in certain ways? Like, I think when I was first getting acting roles, I was really anxious about chatting with other people like right. the idea of eating lunch oh my during God. a work day was like yeah. really stressful to me to the point where i'd be like oh no that's the, one of my first thoughts about getting a job like now i have to it's figure still, out about lunch i literally <laughs> in the book i wrote a chapter you know you've been to my i grew up in next to like a field that has a like a a, a choo-choo train like a caboose filled with chicken <laughs> you know there's no stoplights there's a general store and then and then at 22 like being like actually being on a sitcom and then doing episodes of shows that I grew up, it was just my dream to yeah. like it. And actually getting the thrill of booking a job and it was last for about two seconds. And then the immediate terror of who am I going to have lunch with? Mm-hmm. Um, having to talk to people, act like a normal. But one of the things that I've been giving myself the liberty of doing, which I don't know if this is good or bad, is that I'll just eat alone in my trailer. I eat in my trailer. I, <laughs> I eat in my trailer. But I, I think I personally, I think I need this because. Yeah. I will be my like my social battery is drained from just like chatting on set and all the other hours of the day. It's a 12 hour work day. I need to be alone for 30 minutes. Me too. And that's okay. I've started also doing a thing because I get nervous. I've started doing things so that I don't have my baby blanket where I make myself leave my phone in my room so that I can't hide in it. And it forces me. Again, because I get nervous around people, but once I get to know somebody one on one, and like once I take the even inviting you to New York, like yeah. taking the risk of like, and we were already friends, but it's like, oh, here's five days, yeah. you know, like, um, you know, t- the healthy risk, which is why then I can go eat alone in my trailer because I've been, you know, but you've been pushing yourself in the other hours, but yeah. I force myself just to leave it so that I, I. 
am a, I can just somehow try to find a calm within myself and not and not be disconnected and so that I have to talk to people right. or just be quiet. I mean, it would be nice if it was a rule that everyone had to follow. <laughs> yeah. Because I think everyone's when, on their phone. Everyone's on their phone. But everyone's on their phone. I also try to bring a book because I just prefer for myself, like I'm on my phone too much, like, okay, this is better for me. Uh, my brain just feels better from just looking at paper. Yeah. That like, but I think people can see that as socially cut off in a way where you're right. like, oh, she's just going to read right next to us, which is actually more open for conversation than yeah. being on your phone because I have no idea what you're doing on there. I don't know yeah. how important it is. Oh, no. I don't know if you're just scrolling. It's so terrifying when you see known... Who are, who have you been the most intimidated like when you're Oof. like, oh my God, I'm so excited to book this, but now I have to actually go execute it. Like, were you nervous to go film the movie with John C. Riley and Will Ferrell in um, London? Yes, I was. And I... I I was nervous because I had we had like a few weeks of rehearsals and stuff. But my character has no lines right. until like the end, so I really felt like, oh, am I like a worthless part of this? Like, do right. I need to be rehearsing this? Because they should. This is like, oh, they have a lot of lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was nervous that I was like a third wheel or something, you know, or fourth wheel, which yeah, may- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know what I mean. But like, they're like, oh, this is like unnecessary. Um, but. But yeah, I think, and I definitely felt that way because I was in London for like three and a half months doing that movie where I had to fill my own time, but I didn't want to bother anyone and like suggest that we get dinner. I'm no, like, I would never. No, no. I'm like, even when it did happen a couple times, but I'm like, I'm not going to never. be the one to suggest no. this. It's hard being a guest star too, like yeah. going in. When people have a set, like the, it, you're, click, you, basically. You are the guest at somebody else's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And you were the cousin that got brought by the cousin that got brought by, like you are the plus 12. Like you are yes. way out. And so like for, like Orange is the New Black. That must be terrifying. That's the same, that's exactly terrifying. what you're describing because I mean, it's I think huge. I was like literally number like 60 something on the call sheet. Mm-hmm. There's so many people. And it was intimidating because I was coming into a war. I basically really only done multicam stuff before that. And yeah. then, flying to new york for it and like sleeping on my friend's couch because it was local hire meaning you have to like pay for your own way yeah and they don't set you up with a hotel or anything so, so i was you were like sleeping on a couch yeah sleeping on a couch then going to work at like 5 a.m but all these people who seemed to know each other really well because they were all in new york together and they right. were all in more episodes together than i was or right. spending more time together that's hard and everyone was really nice but it was still the feeling of like just inside myself yeah. of oh how do i that's hard but i do think like going through like big life things has been helpful for me because I've been able to put things into perspective more. Yeah. And at that time in my life, I hadn't really had anything that hard happen to me. So it was like kind of hard to see it as not being a huge deal, but like, I don't know what to say to these people or what am I going to talk about or what am I going to, who am I going to sit with? Like, I feel like now I'm more like, all right, everyone's got their own shit. I don't care. I have my problems that I have to deal with. And I've, I've intentionally gotten, and I honestly think a large part of it has been doing the podcast. Like I've gotten, I forced, because I see that it makes me happy. So I've gotten a little bit, I've taken some healthier risks of getting a little more social, but I did notice that like I did this horror movie like a year ago with Rebecca Romaine and Jerry O'Connell. And they said that they were staying in a much fancier hotel. I was at some like crappy residence (laughs) in and they kept like inviting me to meals. And apparently... 
every time I'd be like, just text them like, no, I'm walking. I was always walking to Trader Joe's, just like the loneliest, <laughs> like not even in a car. Like I'm right, walking right. like on like, and it wasn't even like a pretty sidewalk. It was like a weird roadway you? in Dallas. I'd be walking on like this weird non-roadway. I feel like I've roadway. been in those situations so often when you're shooting something in a weird place. And you're yeah. like, I'll just walk to the movies and it's like two miles away. I thought, like, I thought they were like, are you, so it literally, they forced me. They asked me like four times. I was always walking on a roadway to Trader Joe's. And then finally, I was like, okay. Like, because I get nervous. Yeah. So I was like, it's the equivalent of hiding in my trailer. It's like, no. Well, I'm just sometimes gonna... I think they don't really want to invite me. Yeah. They don't. They yeah. feel like they have to. Yeah. So event, and then eventually, like, so we did have a really good time and we had a lot of meals together. But it takes me a beat to... It takes me, it's like a healthy risk and not all of them pay off. Have you had like weird, I don't, I'm sure this happens to everybody in adulthood where you've moved away from home and you're trying to find your new friend group and you have like a girlfriend meal yes. and that like, you know, it you, doesn't go anywhere. And like, it's like, yeah, you've like shared way too intimate things, but you only have had one and then like you never have another yes. one and then you bump into them and you know that at one point in time you had like some weird like salad in somebody shared something terrible about their parents. Yeah. Have you had that? Oh, I've had a bunch of those, but I kind of forget who they are. Like, and then I'll remember like randomly, like I ran into somebody recently (laughs) and I always like seeing her and I was like, oh yeah. And then like, whatever, I was said hi for two seconds. And then I was in the car later and I was going, oh yeah, we went and like tried to get lunch. What was that about? And why didn't that work out? And like, I guess we didn't have the chemistry or something, but like, isn't that weird? It's hot. I courted you. I I asked you out. It's interesting when you have like a botched friend meal in Los Angeles, because sometimes like the botched friend meal, I had a couple meals with somebody who then went on to become very famous. And then like, I think, I think maybe she would acknowledge she, if she knew me now, but I think she just, be, she just like out stratosphered me. Like she yeah. went up to, you know, she's probably goes to like the Met Gala now. I don't know if I, if I have anything like that <laughs> where like, I don't know if I know somebody who became mega famous yeah. unless it's like some comedy dude, I don't care or something, but not like somebody like that where I would be like. Do they still remember me? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know who I am, Miss Streep? Do you remember me? We had that but good time so together. Weird. But I think I have a bit of a, um, like, my brain will block out things that are uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'll just go, like, I kind of forget that I had that encounter with Dude. that person. And then I'll, like, it'll just pop in my head and I'll think, what do they think of that? Did yeah. they forget or what? I, I know. There's one, yeah, there's one that was, like, very open. And and, and I, I almost think it's not even on purpose because it's, like, so hard as an adult to kind of reach out. But then it's, like, for time number two. It's, like, yeah. who's going to set up the second? Yes. I don't know. But then I wonder, what are we doing? Like, Talk to me. This is part of the Talk thing about, me. like, why are we Full all why are we making dinners? Why are we yeah, going out? Nothing. To, we to all just want to be watching Netflix. So, what is the idea? Because we also all plenty. We have plenty of people to talk to or hang out with that yeah, we what already are we doing? know. What are we doing? So, when you set up a new date, what yeah. are you doing with that? What's the intention? So, are you planning to now become friends where you see each other all the time? It's kind of hard just to get together with people you already. That's like. how I feel. That's how I feel. So, like, I'm I'm doing one of these um, <laughs> soon. What are you doing? I'm going, to, I'm going to have a double date. Okay. 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 And I'm actually I'm I think it'll be fun and i'm looking forward to it i don't know the people great um but i'm looking forward to it but i 
also go, wait, do they really want to do like, what, do we all want to do it? Left to your own devices, like just garbage planet, just yeah. left to your own garbage devices, dream world. If you could get paid to have your own garbage existence, what would you do all day? Oh, wow. And like, okay, you know, I think I would actually like to have a healthy existence if Great. someone was going to pay me sure. for my life. Yeah, yeah. Which I should think of that as being what my life is anyway. Sure, sure. But, um, I would like to be, I would have like a trainer. Great. I would have a chef who like oh. makes all my meals. Yes. And then I would just have people over to like smoke weed and watch movies or yes. like go like, you know, sit, sit outside under the stars kind of thing. I don't really need to be doing like meet new friends. No, go I love to this. Dinner. I love Meet this. at a restaurant. Oh my God. Can you find them? Do you remember what they even look like? I'm so glad that I got <laughs> in with you two years ago before your friend would know. Oh closed. my God. Dinner, <laughs> well, that's the other thing is that I don't want to be like a no, no new friend. No, person. no, no, no. But, but I'm open hearted. I not, just man, feel not, busy. You are busy. The eagle has landed. I want you to know, speaking of busy, since I, I'd never, ever watched The Real Housewives, and since New York, I, yes. I chose New York. I've started with New York. Oh, it's great. I'm 11 episodes into season 11 of New York. Wow. I am obsessed with Luann. Yeah, I love Luann. I love Luann. I love Luann. Is she still doing her cabaret? She is. We should, should go. Should we go see it? Absolutely. She comes to LA sometimes. With we it. gotta go we see the cabaret. Go. I love and even though I made fun of the cabaret no, on Watch What Happens I Live, it. but I was you have to. You have to. You were so great on that show. I, thank you. But it was it was uh I, I felt bad about making fun of Luann. No, I love Luann. I and I remember when Bethany announced she was retiring, both Brian Safi and my brother, who is not the guy you'd think they both explained to me that she's the greatest housewife that's it's ever. It's actually a huge travesty that she's retiring. I have to say, and I know I'm catching her in her twilight hours of being, she's spectacular. Yeah, she's I great TV. Get it. She's a I get it. possibly psychopath. She intimidates me. <laughs> she scares so me. Intense. She scares me. So um, is Dorinda a dum-dum? Dorinda is, um, my perception of Dorinda is that possibly she... No, I'm sorry. I love Dorinda. Oh, because she might be an alcoholic who is... Oh, for sure. That's the problem. Oh, no, for sure. I love Dorinda. I'm sorry. I I don't... I think Dorinda's spectacular. Tinsley? No. Well... Sometimes yesterday I was dressed a certain way and I was like, oh my god, I think I'm turning into Tinsley wow. Mortimer. There's, I had on like a cut of a dress and I was like, I was it like I'm, peplum. It had a slight. It had like a slight. It was sort of a. It was almost like a fit and flare, you uh-huh. know. And I and I had like a bow in my hair and I was like, I'm one step. I'm one step too poor to be Tinsley Mortimer. <laughs> no, you know, what I was asking, is it Dum Dum Sonia? Sonia's oh yeah, she's an airhead, but she's a lovable airhead. But uh, she also might have a drinking problem. I when I look at these women and how sure. much they drink, I would weigh seven hundred pounds. Oh well, it would be a huge problem in my life if I drink anywhere near the amount that any of these One, people drink. One hundred percent. But it is it is alarming because I also just think, wow, when I'm like. I don't know, in my 50s, would I want to be getting trashed I mean, with my friends to the point where we're like making out? Like, it just oh, implies yeah, no, they like, keep, so much. They keep making out. <laughs> and on, on OC, they were making out a ton. Sonia is so hot for Bethany. Yeah, and um, on OC, if you start watching Tamara and Bronwyn, like, made out, like, a ton in this last episode, and I was like, they are going to have sex. Like, this is not a joke. I I have to be, I I never watched it. I love that there's no men, mm-hmm. that they're all loaded, They uh, and they're just sort of good sports. They just dive in, and they put on their one-piece bathing. They yeah. think they, they know they look great. They're Sometimes ready to they're flirt. Naked. Yeah, they're full. I kind of love when they get, the fact that they get trashed helps them to just, like, go, like, 
fuck you. It's a lot of booze. That's what, cause at yeah. first, I, and again, I've never seen any episode. So whenever I've walked, th- I, certainly I've been places where it's on. And I was like, oh, that feels really fake. All I can say is that my only knowledge is the New York one. I'm like, oh, no, these ladies have been... F- this is a decade long. They're all famous now. Yes. There's so much alcohol. This is simmering decades of resentment. I and I and friendship. <laughs> I love it. What are There's you a at? dog on this glass that's, ceiling. That's Anna's dog. He's in an outfit. It's his birthday. Hold it's on. his he's one today. It's his birthday. He's this in is, an outfit. This is his He's in an outfit. Why is he He's this? in an outfit. I'm sorry, you don't even understand what I'm seeing. That's so exciting. Look at that. <laughs> Look at oh, that picture. My God. Look at that picture. Wow. That was really alarming. I didn't know there was a room up there. I want to ask you one thing. Yeah. I feel like you have really good self-confidence and you don't doubt your create your voice and your creativity and I feel like more and more you're leaning into this is what I want to do. This is what I like to do. Like how what advice would you give to younger Lauren? Did you always have that? Did you ever doubt your own voice? Where did that come from? I've definitely doubted it and I still doubt it sometimes, but I feel like what helps me is seeing other people going for it because then I think, well, I should be going for it. Like yeah. I mean, it's all subjective. So why should I not put my thing out into the world? But when I look back at myself, I was pretty blindly confident yes. when I was younger. Yeah. Which was good, but I think I would have worked a little harder um, to make tangible things. I was like constantly doing improv, right? But um, that, which was great because it built up my entire like comedic perspective, and I feel like I still lean on all of the stuff that I like, you know, honed in those years. But at the same time, it would have been cool if I had like pushed myself to write things or, you know, just see what that would have been. I just didn't really know how to even begin. Yeah. And I still feel kind of like um, stuck with that stuff, but I... I know I can do it. It's just a matter of like sitting down. And that's also part of it is I feel I don't have enough time in the day. Yeah. I like look at my day and I go... The day is gone. I have to see. I have to go have dinner and drinks now. That's the kind of thing yeah. that will drive me crazy. Where I'm you gotta, like, you got to cancel all these dinners. Why am I getting? You've the, why am I running dish- out to dinner yeah. when I would really rather eat for two seconds at my table and then just work on something or like sit and think. I want to just be very honest as far as because I agree with you, and this is the truth of like writing this book is the the i i'm always been a sprinter not a marathon person Mm -hmm. anna's read it anna's read the book um i have i if if i can't get it done in a night i'm not gonna do it like and i will stay up all night and i'll do it but like you can't do that with a book yeah and and here's what i want to say to anybody out there that like just to dispel the myth Literally, some days it was writing. So I have to turn off internet and I will set a timer. And literally part of the book was just 15 minutes a day. Yeah. It was not four hours. The most I ever wrote ever was maybe, maybe three hours. But That's that amazing. Was, but that was the most. Most days it was like one hour. But if you actually sit down like ass in the seat and do 20 minutes, 30 minutes, yeah. like – I I have such ADD and 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 fear, particularly around. I've never written a book, you yeah. know. So, just that it was it was it's just facing calming down your own inner fear and chatter 
throwing up a bad version onto the page. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I pick, I love Michael's craft stores. Mm-hmm. So I picked her like, I'm just going to Michael's and I'm getting the material and then I'm going to organize it afterwards. Well, because sometimes things can become so huge in your head that it yeah. feels impossible to put it down. And yeah. even something like I was, tr- I'm trying to think about uh, a thing that I want to do. And I was like, okay, why don't I start with making a list of what that involves? And then I did that and I was like, oh, now I have a page of like a plan. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's that complicated, but part of it is when it's just swirling in your head and you don't put anything down, it feels like it never moves forward. It's that next indicated action. I also can't. What's that? For me, so I get I get big ideas, but then I get overwhelmed. Me too. And, and sometimes I'll have the enthusiasm, but like, something again like a book or something else but like for now just referring to the book like it was you can't sustain crazy enthusiasm for as long as it takes to there's going to be some days where you don't freaking feel like it so for me next indicated action is sort of i know my own brain and i i did not write the first chapter first like Mm -hmm. so it's like next first indicated action is like let me just write down all the stories that i might want to tell like just make a list um, you know, and sort of organize it. Like after the proposal, after that, I started, I did not write it in order. So it's like, what's the easiest chapter? So for me, it was also like, what's the least personal chapter? Like mm-hmm. what's like this, the lowest hanging fruit that's sort of like a funny story that maybe I've told before. Like what's the easiest one to start with? And then I honestly at first just did word count. So it was like, okay, I'm going to just write a thousand words today. And and then going through phases, I you know, the, but it's just like next indicated action was like writing another thousand words. Well, yeah, I think sometimes I really thrive with a deadline, which I'm sounds like you were too. Like in school, I would like stay up all night and I would, but I'd be like, I mean, I wouldn't stay up all night. I would be like, I have to be done by midnight. So then I would just like crank it out by midnight or whatever yeah. and then go to bed. But so I worked really well with like a finite amount of time. So when I have an idea and I'm like, well, how, it doesn't have to happen at any point. So what? Yeah. But I... I like recently had to write an article for something and like I did it in an afternoon because I knew they were expecting it. Right. So, so part of it is that, but I get scared to tell other people the plan for no. them to give me the deadline. Oh no, I know. I know. I don't want to do that. No, I know. I know. I don't, I, want, I I don't want you, I wouldn't even want you to know that I didn't complete it. Like I know. And even then I'm like, I know. No, I got to complete it for Arden. You know, no, and then no, it becomes no. like I panic. a weird. I panic. I, yeah. I weirdly private about weird certain things because it's yeah. mostly it's mostly because I it's just my own fear that I can't execute this. Same. Yeah. And I hate when I in the past when I've talked about something a lot and then I don't do it. I'm like, I know. everyone knows I wanted to do that thing and I, I didn't. Do I know. It. People were like, whatever happened with yeah. you? Like, I just started watching Netflix. I discovered Netflix. Okay. Well, final questions. Okay. Uh, bachelor, bat. You're at the bachelor mansion. You're getting Ooh. out of the limo. What do you wear? <laughs> Opening night. Oh my god. You know what? If I really wanted to have a chance, yeah, what do you wear? I'd wear what I would wear any day, like jeans and a t-shirt. Okay. Can you imagine showing up, like yes. looking nice, like nice hair and makeup and everything, yeah, like yeah, have yeah. it done, great, but not too much, just like what you would wear for like a nice, love it, picture of yourself. Yes. Nothing uncomfortable. Great. And then I'd be able to be myself because I think hobbling around in some fucking like tight dress. With all these other women who I'd be insecure. Oh my god, you would, and then win. I would And then I'd be like, "Fuck you guys!" I wore a sweatshirt. Great. And then I would look really cool. I love that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just leave with this. Okay. Uh, any any final words of wisdom for young Lauren out there? In my recent show uh, with Wild Horses, my improv team, we were talking about Kabbalah names, or yeah. whatever. Where it's like your big your your name of like what your thing is. Yeah. 
and Stephanie Allen was saying that hers was big picture. Yeah. And then we were kind of coming up with our own knife and mine, all I could think of was just do it. Yeah. So I decided that I was um, Nike, the goddess of, you know, yes. whatever, doing shit. And so yeah. <laughs> that would be my thing to my younger self is just do it. I, I love think that. I had it in certain areas, but I didn't have it in every area. And I still feel that way. Like, I still feel like I need to keep telling myself my mantra, but I, I want to, I want to give that to my younger self or anyone out there who feels like I love they don't have the direction yet just start doing stuff that you are interested in and just do it and don't think too hard about what it leads to but think about how it feels to do it I'm going to piggyback on that because yeah. I agree with you and I'm going to just yes and what you just said I think it's okay to not tell everybody in your life because there's a lot of naysayers out there who they might be if they're stuck or whatever and they don't necessarily realize they're doing it they think they're protecting you like i don't want you to get your Mm -hmm. hopes up like i hate that it's like Mm -hmm. let me get my hopes up i'm an adult i can handle being disappointed you know like it's okay if it's like picture it like a little baby chick that it's okay to protect your little secret dream that you're working on you yeah. don't need to hand it over to everybody while yeah. you, while it's growing. Yeah. I like that. Just do it. Okay. Final question. From The Bachelor. Okay. Who said the following quote? <laughs> it's trivia? Yeah. Okay. Deep intellectual things are just my jam. Was that Corinne? Was that Olivia? Or was that Jade? Deep intellectual things... Are just my was jam. Was it Jade? That was Olivia saying to I Ben. I thought it was Demi. Oh my God! You know what? Well, Lauren Lopkiss, thank you. You know, I, I, you are the, the the Nike goddess of just do it. You told me to do this, and I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm so excited you're doing it. I think it's gonna be great. And this is leading. If you wanna, if you wanna pre-order, apparently you need to sell eight thousand books to get on the Look, New York Times bestseller. Here's what I'm tell you so guys. will you please buy eight thousand copies? Everybody of my- buy it, please. I'll pay you back. This is your way of. <laughs> of showing your appreciation for this podcast that has given you so much over the oh years. God. It takes so little on your part. <laughs> I mean, just do it. I truly, I really feel this way. This is like the same thing as basically somebody like posting their GoFundMe. Like, just go donate by buying a book. <laughs> oh you my are God. helping oh the my cause. God. I will, if anybody brings it, literally even to the grocery store that I'm at, I will sign any book that anybody buy. I'll draw a Can picture for you. Can you imagine if every listener of this episode <laughs> bought it? Oh my God. How amazing would that be? And if you are the person going well it's not gonna be me you're fucking up the whole deal because if everybody did it, it so i want I'm, my dream is to be a new york times bestseller you need to sell eight thousand copies we can do this oh my god we can do well, this we can do this we can do this everybody just go buy it and, on and tell someone else you know who likes to read memoirs and things like just just buy it yeah by the way when you're pre-ordering it's a gift to your future self because you click buy you yes. kind of forget about you forget it and about then a couple months later you get this book in your mailbox you're like oh cool you know what there's a lot of things that i've done that i would say it's not that good i think the book actually is good it's called little miss little compton you can pre-order it on amazon bring it anywhere you can find me and i'll sign it just don't break into my house because that's creepy no no don't don't go anywhere near her home um but (laughs) just yes bring it to get signed i'll Um, sign anything and truly just don't be the person who messes it up go order it you're listening now you're thinking about it you like arden oh my god um lauren feeling thorny feeling thorny thank you for our nice uh offshoot anna thank you for helping us listeners we love you and um there'll be more of these thank you so much bye i hope you guys have enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it as a very special offer i've 
paired with a company. It's called Premier Collectibles, and they work with authors. And I have a giveaway for the first 250 orders. Um, you get one of the really nice Little Miss Little Compton tote bags and a signed book plate. So it all comes with the purchase of the book. For the second 250 people, you get a signed book plate. So there's 500 total. But for the first 250, you get the book, you get the canvas Little Miss Little Compton book um, tote bag that you can look at on our Facebook, and then you get it personally signed by me in the book. So if you go to ArdenMarineBook.com, that's A-R-D-E-N-M-Y-R-I-N.com, or if you just go to Premier Collectibles and you put my name in, you can find it. Um, and that's a special offer. So for the first 250 orders, you get the book, a tote, and a signed book plate. The second 250, a signed book plate. So get them while they last. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Gonna get all up in you tonight. It feels so good. I just got one little question for you, girl. Will you accept this rose? Oh, will you accept this rose into your world? Will you accept this rose into your world? Will you accept this rose is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.